Strava Craft Coffee. It's rich CBD-infused coffee that you can purchase in K-cups for your Keurig, whole bean, or ground. Purchase online for 20% off using code DNVR20. Order online, it ships to you incredibly fast. You can try it at Carbon Cafe and Bar, Drip Denver, Slow High Coffee, Blue Sparrow Coffee, and Max Market. CBD is non-psychoactive, has been known to help long-term migraines, decreasing anxiety, arthritis, IBS, etc., CBD has done wonders for me, and since I've been drinking Strava Craft Coffee, I find myself much less jittery, and I promise you a schedule and lifestyle in where I drink a great deal of coffee. I was starting to feel the effects of it, but CBD has given me a ton more energy and focus with none of the shakes and all of the negative things that come from coffee. So remember to go online, purchase for 20% off using code DNVR20. And go. Ball in the air, deep right center go. field. Two run home run, Trevor Story. Way back, Myers, he'll watch it go Chuck Nasty. Two run home run, David Dahl. Nolan drives this high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look, you won't see it for long. I don't want to lose your love Welcome in to the DNVR Rockies podcast presented by The Green Solution. You can visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations or go online to mygreensolution.com. Use that promo code DNVR20. You'll get 20% off your entire purchase. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman. With me today is our guy, Patrick Lyons, and making his first appearance on the Rockies podcast is the master of design at DNVR and all-around Colorado sports fan, Eric Weedham. Man, welcome to the show. Thank you. I appreciate that. What a nice little intro. That felt good. What do you think of the, the title, Master of Designs? Is that... It feels like a little light. Um, it feels like you could probably maybe <laughs> been a little more complimentary, but uh, it's a good start. <laughs> I wasn't sure if it was too lofty or not nearly lofty enough. So, it, you know, it's in the works. It just... I, let's work on the uh, launch angle of your compliments. <laughs> I like Excellent. I like aesthetics czar. How about that? <laughs> the aesthetics czar? Aesthetic. Yeah. That, that's, yeah. Uh, I like it because it's almost impossible to pronounce as you tripped over it as you were saying it for the first time. <laughs> Think about how good it would look on a business card. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If we're talking Scrabble points, I mean that's that's big time right there. You can't do any better. That's true. Aesthetics that's true. Although I don't know, I don't know if you've played Scrabble. You can't put two words down, run one right after the other. That's <laughs> true. how Scrabble works. Oh, it's not you don't put a sentence down right. <laughs> Unless you're playing DNVR rules, no vowels. So. <laughs> We actually uh, have a lot. It's a good thing we're starting off so lighthearted because we've got a lot of drama to talk about today. This is going to be the high school musical version of the podcast, but with, I guess, slightly less singing. We'll see what happens. I make no promises (laughs) one way or the other. But really, the two biggest topics on the mind today of anyone who's 
uh, a Rockies fan and therefore also a baseball fan is everything that's still going on between Nolan Arenado and Jeff Breidich. Some recent comments from Arenado that we're going to dive really deep into. And then if we still got time, if we haven't taken an hour just talking about all this Nolan stuff, then uh, I do want to jump into some of the comments coming out of the Houston Astros and other people about the Houston Astros, particularly Cody Bellinger and Chris Bryant made some strong statements. So this is a podcast all about statements. We're, we're going to be parsing <laughs> words here today. This is all about things that have been said. And th- there's really two sets to begin with here from Nolan. The first came out before to this morning's media scrum, and it came from Tim Brown over at Yahoo Sports. And that was where the sort of famous, now I think the main takeaway from this has been, you know, I've only got one career, I've got to try to win, Uh, I've been to the All-Star Games, I've done special things, I've won gold gloves, that means a lot to me, he said, but the goal at the end of the day is to win, they signed me to win, and I want to be a winner if that's in Colorado or somewhere else I want to win. Uh, He also fought back in that one, this is the first time I, I could see him seeing, and this is going to be what we're going to get into here, that maybe some fans, maybe he doesn't have a 100% slam dunk win for everybody out there in this situation, because he even said, the perception of me right now, some people are saying, oh, you make the money, keep your mouth shut, you sign the deal. Um, I certainly don't think that that's the consensus opinion, but I will say I'm getting more and more messages along those lines. Eric, I know you've got a strong opinion about this, so why don't you give a response to whoever these people yeah. out here are? Yeah. First off, who are these people? Who who among us would stand uh, against Nolan Arenado if it meant standing with Jeff Breidich was the option? Um, well, I mean, like, what, do you, what else do you want from your super... You pay your players to be fiery and to have the same level of passion that you yourself feel as a fan. Like, you know, I mean, baseball is fun. It's nice to go to Coors Field. Uh, I would love to win. Like that, it's much more fun when your team is good uh, to go to Coors Field to go to any sporting event. Um, so I just, I don't know. I love that statement. I, the, the part that I don't love is when he says here or somewhere else. <laughs> uh, but, but the thing is, is like I, you know, I, this this entire off season is just an unmitigated disaster. I have never felt so much anger about a sport that is what, how many months off away are we are like three months like how long when do they actually when's the first pitch actually get thrown and we're a little over a month away from the start of actual baseball so it's it's getting here but it's yeah. getting there but so the afternoon I mean, of march 26 is is opening day in san diego for colorado so we got a way to go we still have we still got a week until we even have fake games in spring training right right, right. <laughs> Right. And as far as, you know, parsing statements as we're doing here, which, you know, what better medium than a podcast for talking about words? Good choice, Drew. Um, But just, I don't know, man. Like it just, last year felt so deflating where uh, we were coming in off of all of this momentum. We made the postseason two years in a row um, and left in pretty frustrating fashion, but it just felt like we were on the rise. And then last year happens and it's just so disheartening right and ev- the wheels completely fall off you're you're 
taken right back to that place of just hopelessness looking to the Rockies as just sort of a, a way to fill the summer as opposed to something to get like really and truly passionate about because like what is the point? It's not going to pay back any of that uh, – any of those good feelings to you. Um, and so, you know, going into the offseason, you think that the Rockies maybe feel the same way, that they're going to, um, if nothing else, make some sort of cosmetic type moves just to sort of make it seem as though they feel the pressure to, um, you know, turn things around or at least you maybe try to find the Jimenez edition. <laughs> <laughs> Right, like they don't add a single dude. Like nothing. They had nothing. Like not a like. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, how can you how can you have that season that just took place and just attempt to treat it like the back of a Mad magazine and just fold the two, <laughs> just try and fold that season out of existence and just hope that it, we just pick up the momentum we dropped off the the season prior. Um, and then this Nolan stuff comes out. Jeff Bright just already seems like I mean he just already seems like a really prickly. Uh, guy that you know really ruffled a lot of feathers with that brain surgeon comment the sure. year before, and then <laughs> like I just can't imagine an offseason going worse for a team. I just can't possibly imagine it. And so Nolan coming out and coming through with these really impassioned feelings that sort of mirror how me and I think a lot of the the fans actually feel like that he feels like actually a mouthpiece for the anger that I feel inside. So from that standpoint, I love it. It's just that the problem is that Nolan is Nolan can go away. Right. And if he does go away, we're, we're still just stuck uh, here in the mud with what it feels like the Rockies organization has presented us with. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know where that gets us, but I, I just, I love, I love feeling like my voice is being carried out through somebody who actually has some sway to maybe get something done. And I, th- I think that's exactly why a lot of fans, you know, feel like you, and and we'll get to the ones that maybe might not and may have some problems with what Nolan said. But you know, when any season from from one to the next, a team aims to get better with with a core group of players, and they make additions, right? Sometimes they make additions by subtractions. And when you have a team that is the ninth worst in the game, regardless of what they were the previous season, they're going to go and make a couple moves. A couple means two. Uh, maybe if you have a great <laughs> off season, you make a few, which is three or more. And f- from my memory and my knowledge. Uh, I've I've never seen a team literally spend zero dollars in free agency. Uh, previously, Drew and I discussed how they even ended up saving money. Obviously, with with Tony Walters losing his arbitration <laughs> case, uh, oh. Trevor Story's two year deal they kind of backloaded it to to twenty twenty one. So he's even making less this year than he he should have uh, had he gone to arbitration. And it's just that frustration that you know. We, we can still have the same core of guys, and I believe in these guys. But, hey, let's let's see if we can get better in different spots because um, there's there's only so many Nolan Arenados to go around. And if you're even a slightly I above average – I would say there's one. There's one to go around. <laughs> that might be right. That might be the exact figure, in fact. Um, <laughs> but even if, even if you're slightly above average player, there are – you know we, we've seen teams that have, have put together these juggernaut – uh, squads that an above average player kind of gets pushed out into a part time role in favor of a superstar player. Uh, we saw we saw it with Houston in in 2017. Uh, sign stealing uh, aside, their players were very <laughs> frustrated after the July 31st trade deadline because they had not 
made any acquisitions whatsoever. And they thought, hey, we are like one piece away from winning the World Series. Several garbage can bangs away as well. But that other player is super important. Uh, and then... As per the, as per hang in there. As per the previous CBA, there was also a secondary trade deadline of August thirty first, and Lunau was able to to pull the trigger there and acquire Justin Verlander, the final piece. So that squad right there felt a lot like Nolan and probably a lot of the other Rockies players. Like, hey, we are a really good team. Bringing in somebody new and better uh, and a little flashier isn't any real indictment on us. It's maybe more indictment that the front office doesn't believe in us enough to give us that one extra piece or two extra pieces like it was in Houston where, hey, please give us a vote of confidence and reinvest in us here as we get down to the wire in the final month or two of the season. Colorado has not done that all for their players in the 2020 season. And and that's where the frustration comes, I think, from players and fans alike. Oh yeah, Drew. I want to hear your side. I want you to hear you defend these uh, the the other side here. So uh, I agree with everything that both of you have said. I think there's a really fine line to be walked here, though, because it is one thing to I think rightfully lodge the complaint that the Colorado Rockies have not done enough. In fact, have not done nearly enough to, as Patrick put it, reinvest in their own team and do what it takes to get to the next level. That's all one. Just to be clear, not investing enough means actually putting less money. (laughs) They've divested from their team in the (laughs) office. Here's the thing though. There are reasonable people who disagree with the consensus about how the Colorado Rockies should build. I think what gets lost here is that because it is the overwhelming consensus, what you both have laid out here, that the Rockies should have done more, that they should be able to compete, that last year was a total disaster that needs to be recovered from. And that may all well be true, but these are fair debates that reasonable adults can have. And when people start to think there's only one answer to that question and become so attached to the notion that, the Rockies have to do things the way they think the Rockies have to do them. Now for a fan, have at it, rock and roll, you know, for a media member (laughs) go to town. But when you're a player, you walk a fine line between we should have done more to get better. And I'm frustrated in the front office and this group of players I have so little faith in them that I'm not just going to voice complaints. This is not, hey, I just want one piece to get us over. I really think we're, we're close, man. I think the Colorado Rockies could go to the World Series if they just gave us X, Y, and Z. It's gotten to the point where, and I'm getting messages from people now pretty much every day saying, it feels like Nolan Arenado is calling out his teammates indirectly, but it feels like he's saying, this is a group of scrubs that can't hang. And I don't want to play here because these guys aren't good enough. I want to go somewhere where the team will be good enough for me. And that's starting to rub people the wrong way. Now, I don't think he's crossed that line yet. I don't think he's saying that. I I think back to Patrick's point, 
a lot of these guys understand the business of it too. And there are players like Trevor Story, Charlie Blackman, John Gray, Herman Marquez, who are probably right there with them going, where's our help at? Yeah. But yeah, I also think that people have got to put themselves in the shoes of a, a Ryan McMahon or a Garrett Hampson or a Kyle Freeland, Scott Ober, Carlos Estevez, Iro Diaz, these young players who the team is counting on to take those next steps. And if Nolan's not just saying, man, I'm not sure we're good enough. He's saying, I'm so sure we're not good enough that I want out of here. That's, I mean, well, he hasn't so, said that. He, no, he that may be you're right. Reading. You're right. You're right. That's what I'm saying. He hasn't said that. It's starting to read that way. In my estimation, he would be better served. And honestly, this is a weird thing to say. Keeping it personal between he and the GM. If this is about you don't like how he goes about his business, that like, okay. But to just have such a stark disagreement with how the team is run, if that's really what this is about, that it's it's not actually about a personal thing that happened between the two of them and there weren't really any lines crossed. It's just that no one thinks they should be making more transactions. Like, in my view, then, his disrespectful comments were a bit over the line and unnecessary. Now, if there was more personal stuff, and I suspect that there was, uh, and we've had plenty of reporting that this, this has been personal, that's what makes that part of it fair and i think that's what's put everybody on his side as long as this is viewed as nolan arenado versus jeff breidich he's not going to lose very many people i think he if runs he loses, the risk how of this he becoming anyone? he'll lose some people because well eric people don't like a guy who's making 250 million dollars complaining about what he's owed and look, I'm with you on this, but I, I understand where those people are coming from too. Like, but, but, do star wow. athletes do star but athletes you, have the absolute right to compete and and use themselves as leverage to say, if you don't do what I want you to, I'm going to leave. That's, I, I think that's but, a debatable question. But but listen, you're 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 framing it like he is uh, d demanding that there be a second party deck built just for the players in their room, and that. <laughs> He be given a like all of these concessions. He needs to be flown out on a private jet uh, to, to get away games. He's like his what he's mad about is what we should all be mad about. He's just saying that like, I mean, what's going on here? Like, what is going on? You can't, you can't. Like, every other, literally every other team in baseball did something. The Rockies did nothing. They did nothing, and then they interview the owner of the team who thinks that through the power of prayer, we will achieve a 94 win game or 94 well, win season does. next year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's I mean, at that point, like at that point you, you have to look at yourself like, okay, what have I done? Like, I like it here. I like the idea of being a Rocky for life. The fans are great. The stadium is great. Uh, Colorado is a fantastic place to be, but then, you know, he just like really, signed up for a long-term marriage and at a certain point like you start to look around like oh my like what have i done here Who, who's in charge like why i mean i feel the same way as a fan like have i signed up for life to be a rockies fan because this this sucks like who's driving this train who's driving this bus what um, happens if they win 88 games and get back into the postseason for the third if out they of four do, years? i mean i i want to know like in this like in this particular instance i would love to know 
exactly like the details that Nolan is complaining about. And and the other thing is that like this, this is the, I mean, this is the first time we've heard from him since uh thing, his statements were reported through the media. And so it's not like Nolan is, it's, it's just, he's banging the Astro drum over and over trying to (laughs) drum up these bad feelings. Like he's trying to, like the the interview I just watched of him, he's trying to sort of extinguish this as much as possible, saying like, Agreed. "Listen, I'm here. I'm going to play. Um, it's not a long standing thing. I mean, obviously, when you don't hear from so- you hear some crazy stuff from somebody or about somebody weeks and weeks ago, and then nothing is said in between now and then. It just feels like the conversation has been going the entire time when really it hasn't. It's just these these few peaks that have happened, but I just don't know how anybody could be on the side of Jeff Breidich and the Rockies at this point in time. Like they, well, Eric, I, just hoping things are, will work out is that's not a strategy. Well, you're exactly right. Eric is that is, there's been a lot of conjecture, right? It seems like this is, it's been this thing that's been going on and um, a lot of innuendos and really comments taken out of context. I think that's kind of the biggest thing. If, um, if you see a guy making $250 million, uh, making any complaint, you say, oh man, another spoiled professional athlete. Well, let's actually dig into those comments. Let's actually use our heads and say, well, he's making a point for his entire team that they want to win as well. And they've done nothing on paper to make those improvements. Naturally, a young team is going to get better, um, but you can still have all of those improvements and that growth from David Dahl, Kyle Freeland, Ryan Altapia, et cetera, and go out and improve the overall 26-man roster. When you take those comments he's made out of context, you completely lose all of that. And I think, you know, as Drew's been able to do and I I feel like I've been able to do, when you look at those statements with the entire picture and you look at the other statements around the ones that he said and the questions that were asked, it's not as simple as, wow, this guy is spoiled and he's pretty much throwing his teammates under the bus. That's that's Always pay attention to the question that was asked. Correct. Yes. That's huge in this. Eric, I want you to jump back in there, but you were mentioning before, so I just wanted to give us the direct quotes. I'm reading off of Patrick Saunders now. Uh, Nolan said this morning, I wasn't panicking about this situation at all, to be honest. It didn't fluster me. These talks are what they are. They happen. And sometimes there's a little bit of friction. Do you read that as him trying to put out the fires, him trying to walk this thing back and, of course. and put the whole thing behind? Yeah, I, I mean, of course, like you can't use any language that's more. He's trying to, to minimize. Sometimes it's a little bit of friction. <laughs> yeah, like I just had a little bit of friction that I said, "quote There's some real disrespectful guys over there." Like that's what you mm-hmm. say at a bar when you're looking across the bar and you want to fight somebody. You're like, "There's some real disrespectful guys over there on the other side of the bar." Like he's calling Jeff Breidich out and Jeff Breidich is a jerk. Like I, I, I don't like this guy. Like I don't like this guy being in charge of my Colorado Rockies. He might be a smart dude that went to Harvard. Um, but his, the way that he goes about his business in uh, public, if it, if it matches any of that in private, like we can't do better than this really. Like we, we have like a really uh, like this guy gets flustered and red faced when asked a very simple question about uh, 
what he's obviously going to be asked a question about, doesn't know how to handle it, uh, takes aim at and and starts a fight with the press the year before, uh, just talking about how could they possibly understand the difficulty of, of the job that he's tasked to, that, to complete. It's I mean, I hate this guy. I don't want no part of this in my life anymore. Like, you know what I mean? And then, you really then just to have this, this offseason. But to have this off season is it just is a further indictment. Like you got to show me something. Like if you are getting it done, and then you're like the New England Patriots, where you have star players that you just sort of you know if they speak up, you you ship them out, and you the sort of the machine moves on. But we don't even we we we, we do not have a machine here. There's there's no machine. So all we have is our relationships. All we have are the ability to talk people in to come to try to play in Colorado because Colorado represents uh, being at a severe disadvantage in the game of baseball in everybody's hearts and minds. And so if you, then you compile that with the idea that you have management that doesn't really understand what's going on, management that thinks they're bigger than the game management that doesn't really care about its players. Like that sets us back even further. So where's the hope here? Like what, what are we praying about? <laughs> and Eric, well, how do you how do you uh, feel now looking back on it in in 2015 when Troy Tulowitzki was traded and there was obvious friction between he, him being the the star player on the yeah. team and Bridich when he first came in? How do you reflect so, on that now? So that Tulo stuff, that Tulo stuff, I wasn't as as bothered by first off because Bridich was new and he yeah. felt like the new hot shot. He definitely felt like you know he was cut from the same cloth as. Um, uh, Epstein and, um, you know, just that new idea, just like they do in the NFL, new quarterbacks come in, everybody has to get a new quarterback, new young, uh, offensive coordinators. So it, it felt like, like, okay, like maybe the Rockies are st- finally starting to get in the game here a little bit. And so Tulo, um, being traded felt sad, but inevitable because Tulo never actually played baseball. <laughs> he just was like, a, he was just, he was all, he always had very heavy legs and couldn't actually make it into the lineup. Um, so I was not that bummed about that. Um, you know, I was bummed just because I like too low, but, um, this is different. Like, this is not like, uh, I mean, if Nolan starts to really start to dog it on the field and this becomes, you know, I mean, too low, too low definitely felt well, like, was- yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like Tulo that that Tulo stuff bubbled out onto the field a little bit. And so when it finally came to an end, it was like, all right, you know, let's just both sides just just move on. Um mm. but this feels different. This feels like uh this doesn't even feel like it's Nolan. This is Nolan just happens to be the one that's raising the alarm here and saying from the Rockies side of things, man, this ain't working. Like what are you guys doing? Right? And and that I don't know how you could look at that as anything other than being like a champion, a hero, like finally somebody like when you, when I get so frustrated and I think about the Rockies, I just don't even know what to do. Like I, it's not like you, it's not like Breitich and Monfort are people that you actually encounter, right? Like you can't yell at them or like start a fire in front of Coors Field. <laughs> you can't like, and, and it's not really an option to not go to Coors Field because it's so great. Right. And so you just are, are left in this infinite loop of, all right, this is terrible. It's never going to get better unless um, some sweeping changes are made. But I don't know how that's ever going to happen because it's not like there's a governing body that's upset with the way that the Montforts are running their franchise. They're definitely making money. Um, there's a lot of people in this world that want to play Major League Baseball, so we'll always be able to field a team. Um, 
And <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, where, where do we go from here? So, yeah, I love it. Like, let's hear more, Nolan. Like, uh, tell me, <laughs> I want to hear about the Montfrich themselves. Like, call them out. <laughs> You'd think it'd been there like it's the Mariners and they've been 18 years between postseason appearances. So the San Diego Padres haven't been there in 14. I know, but our postseason, we have, we, we our postseason appearance two years, years ago was one game. Milwaukee. I, I don't care. <laughs> Baseball's harder than the other sports. I, this it's so is, much harder. And this is That's one of those things that, like, I'm glad you're on here to be the voice of the, yeah. the fandom because I know there are, are people who feel like I haven't given – this <laughs> part of it because I have all <laughs> off season saying actually I think the Rockies kind of know what they're doing when it comes to building a team actually when you look at Jeff Breidich's scorecard it's pretty good on the field everything off the field I agree with you but like I actually do think they've figured some unique things out about how to build and what's going to be really weird to me is if this team and on paper, to me, this is an 85 to 86 win baseball team, which means you get a little bit of good luck and you're right back in the postseason. And that'll be three out of four years. I've been watching Rockies baseball since the very beginning. Three out of four years in the postseason is something I never thought would happen. And so right. to see this level of like anxiety and consternation over what I still consider to be one of the two or three most talented groups of ball players the Colorado Rockies have ever put together. Um, I agree. Right. That's, that's where it's weird. And, but I do think that, and Patrick, I want to get you in on this part of it as well, that that's part of where the frustration is coming from, right? That it's, we've seen talentless Rockies teams. I remember when Clint Barmas was the best player on the Colorado Rockies. <laughs> like, so it's weird to me when, when people start wrapping the, the Nolan V. Breidich conversation up in the entire, like futility of Rockies fandom when I'm like, oh, yeah. no, oh, yeah. no, the futility yeah. of Rockies fandom. <laughs> I remember from <laughs> 2001 to 2006, like that's it was it, a though. joke and this team yeah, is that, not. No, that, that's just it though. I mean, it's, it's not the position players. It, it, it's that the position players that we have are all, Great. That's what you're saying. I mean, like, we as you're saying, the this two is a very starting pitchers in franchise history who are both right in the middle of their prime. Right. So shouldn't having those pieces compel you to try to complete the puzzle? <laughs> right. Correct. What do you think, Pat? That is the, yeah. That's 100 percent it. I think that um, happy go lucky nature about, well, you know, there's the organization is has not been very good for several years at a time and hey look if things go right that's still you know a playoff appearance three out of four seasons and if they don't this year well maybe next year that'll be three out of five and if not 2021 hey maybe they get lucky in 2022 and that's three out of six years they made the playoffs that's 50 percent of the seasons you can keep running it back however much you want but as eric correctly pointed out there is so much talent on this team that if you just leave it up to a bit of chance, you could be looking back and saying, wow, what could have been? Because there's never been a better team. There's never been um, a, a 25 or 26-man roster now of talent this good before, of this caliber. And when you're that close, uh, and granted, they are still very far away from the Dodgers, but when you are that close from seemingly you know, having it, 
put all together on the offensive side and then maybe adding another piece or two on, on the pitching side, then, wow, now you can win your first NLS title. Like, that's not anything to to – you know, sneeze at like, yeah, we get it. They've, they've had five wild card appearances, but that happens when you kind of have a lucky season or maybe you have an unlucky season and you should have won in the division. Like uh, I was going to say, I see that totally the other way around. Yeah. Winning the wild but even, card, but even still means you were unlucky by the division you were stuck in, but Pot- potentially yeah, totally are because they're stuck in the division with by far the biggest behemoth in the national league. Yeah. And the giants that's, have I mean, had, had those good seasons too. But but any way you shake it, they haven't once gotten that little bit of luck to say, you know what, you were maybe the second best team. Now you finished in first and you won the NL West. They've never really even had that much talent on their roster to say, hey, we're the second best team in the division, but only by a little bit. We can they say with with another addition, ago. they could do that. One time, one time, one time, one time. That's with this group of ball players. That's one time. They cheating ass Astros and they would have won the division. I but drew the bigger. Right, but the bigger point, the bigger point is being happy-go-lucky and saying. You know, hey, you know, it's, it's they're still pretty good. But if only once in 27 years you were the second best team that had a little luck on your way, you'd have you'd have won. That means you know, the franchise has not been good overall. And when you have yeah. this much talent, you got to make that push and say, you know what? Shoot, we might not ever get another shot. We would like to have our only our second chance at maybe winning the NL West. And they need to take yeah. advantage of that window. I, I mean, for me, it's not like li- trying to litigate the entire history of the Rockies. It's just this perfect storm of this offseason where um, the Dodgers get somehow like I, just any player that is good that you can think of to name. The Dodgers somehow acquired them this offseason. And then um, not only did the Rockies not do anything then our best player that we were all freaked out was going to leave. We finally got him to sign that last year. In the offseason, then he starts calling out the front office. Um, I mean, this confluence of events, like, I don't know how you could feel good about the Rockies organization at all. Just looking at where they sit in in the landscape of baseball as a larger entity, like, and the division. Exactly. Well, and let me ask you this, because I think you're right, and I don't think I'm going to persuade anyone to feel otherwise at this point. I mean, I... I generally Anchor's disagree. a hell of a drug, Drew. Anger is a hell of a drug. It really <laughs> is. Um, and, and I can appreciate you saying that. Uh, but so so let me flip that question. Let me ask you this. And actually, before I do that, goodness gracious, we got to sell some stuff for some sponsors. We got to mention that all these guys, at the very least, they've all got beautiful smiles. Nolan Arenado, Jeff Breidich, Ian oh. Desmond, David Dahl. It's a team full of good smiles. And they're getting them over. <laughs> Green Mountain you know, they're driving over to Lakewood. Hitting up Green Mountain Dental. They're mentioning uh, DNVR because they love us. We love them. And they're getting a cleaning x-ray and exam and a free Sonicare toothbrush. We know uh, Dick Momfort's a little light in the wallet these days, so he could use that free Sonicare toothbrush. Can't be spending too much money this offseason. <laughs> Only 15 minutes from downtown Denver. You can get out there really quick. 
just show them some love, man. We really do love our friends over at Green Mountain Dental. They're super awesome. I hate going to the dentist, but if you're going to go, you might as well talk to some sports fans, be in a comfortable spot. They're going to take care of you. So make sure to get a cleaning x-ray and exam at Green Mountain Dental. You'll get your free Sonicare toothbrush today. Um, before we Good get question, into this. Yeah, oh, yes. Why do people hate going to the dentist so much? It, it's an anxiety thing for me, dude. It's not like I've never had like a particularly bad experience at the dentist office. Like I just, Do I don't think know. They're going to find something. You, they're they're going to find no. something and it's going to be a, 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 a referendum on how you've lived your life. I, uh, <laughs> I like going to the, I like going to the dentist. Um, I don't ever lie to them about flossing, which I don't floss that often. I'll be honest. I'll, I'll tell you and everyone <gasps> on this podcast right now. But um, every time I go to the dentist, I feel like I've made a, a responsible adult decision. and I feel good about it. No, that's probably the correct way to feel. <laughs> that's a, Why that's don't a good you feel take. That way? Yeah. It's <laughs> a good take. It's a responsible adult decision. Yeah. Like and then you leave and your, your teeth feel, you just lick the front of your teeth because they feel clean. Uh, it's a great feeling. I love going to the dentist. I'm going to Green Mountain Dental today. <laughs> Can they tell by my molar history that I've spent 27 <laughs> years watching the Colorado Rockies play baseball? <laughs> yeah, we can all tell um, that, Drew. We can all tell. Yeah, it's it's in there. So before we move on to the other thing, as I was about to say here, I, I, I want to use you as a sounding board for this because my contention when we were all discussing this before coming on here was that it's going to look really bad on Nolan if it turns out the team is good. If it turns out that, dare I say the sentence, Jeff Breidich to some degree was correct in his analysis of the current roster, that the young players were going to take steps forward. They do that. Turns out Peter Lambert's good. McMahon's good. You know, the whole nine. The team is really good. Does this... Does he run the risk of this looking like, man, Nolan really made a big deal out of what turned out to be nothing, or because the team is winning, are fans like you just going to forget all this ever happened in the first place and just get into winning? <laughs> yes, of course. Of course. Nobody cares if they're winning. Nobody's like, oh, man, man, no, great play, Nolan, but man, you really blew it on your assessment of, <laughs> of the Rockies in the offseason. He wasn't saying, though, like he – I mean, I, that's why I want to know like what was actually said. But uh, according to the reports that I have and the way that I've been able to piece the story together, it's not necessarily that he's saying uh, that the Rockies suck. It's just he doesn't like the front office, that Jeff Bredich is disrespectful or that Dick Momfort is disrespectful in the way that they're dealing with him. Um, that may be right. And if that's true, I think that's a distinction that he needs to continue to make clear and that that was sort of my takeaway from this morning was like ooh, that now it's starting to sound a little bit less like i just have problems with this group of people and the way they operate or maybe this particular individual and the way he operates and more this actually really is about the construction of our roster so let's let, let's speculate a little bit this is speculation time and is, is off the record so what do you think happened like what what oh. what, what, what like what took place in your mind? Like, is this Nolan telling, uh, trying to get a hold of the front office to be like, "Hey, I, there's this guy. I think you should check out. Uh, look at this. Here's some ideas." And they're telling him like, "Hey, shut up. Uh, don't th th like stay in your lane," kind of thing. And that that rubbed in the wrong way. Or is it like, um, I don't know. Like, I think, no, let me. I would love. I would love to hear what you think happened. <laughs> 
Uh, so I've gotten, by the way, I just wanted to shout out Laurel and Rachel and Mike, who've all emailed me asking this exact same question, and I've dodged it for a while. Um, I don't want to get too much into the weeds on this. There's, I know a little bit actually... more than I can say, but not much. Oh, so you, have, I, you, you, you have knowledge that you cannot necessarily divulge. Yeah, but I'll okay. say I feel like you, you painted, uh, if I may. Your sir, <laughs> I a friend am, of mine. I, I a, am the aesthetic czar. A, a, a caricature of pretty close to what happened in in your guess a moment ago, and my general feeling on it is, yeah, that, and I've always felt this way that Jeff Breidich doesn't always. I, I think he's got oftentimes the right idea and a really bad way of articulating that idea. I think it was the same thing when he stepped in it with the brain surgery comments. I think what he was going for there was actually kind of true, but the way it came off was exactly as you said, I'm smarter than everybody. How dare you all criticize me? I am high and mighty. I went to Harvard. That's how some people heard that. Um, yes. But Patrick, I, I want to bring you in on this part of it because, you know, the, <sighs> I, I don't know. Am, am I incorrect here in making a distinction? Does it matter how much of this was personal and how much of it was a disagreement in the way to do business? I, that's a tough question because I'm not sure really where the the line lies. And, and, I, and I think that is the line. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, uh, Eric mentioned something before about the the marriage between a player and his organization, and in this case, Arenado and the Rockies. I think certain promises were made to him, as as in any marriage, you you make vows. That's a, yeah, that's you right. You have promises, and I think certain promises may have been made to Arenado, however vague as they may be, about yes, we are here to contend. We plan on doing maybe X, mm -hmm. Y, and Z. Very vaguely, not saying hey, we're going to make sure in, in next year's off season we're going to go ahead and address the bullpen situation or anything like that. But ultimately, the promise that this team will be a contender, it will not be any kind of rebuild. We won't be tearing the, the club down and, and trading away pieces, which is true. You <laughs> didn't do that either. True. That's right. <laughs> they, won't be, yeah. <laughs> they won't be adding them, but they also won't be tearing them down. And I think you know, this, this offseason has been a reminder to Nolan that you know, maybe the Rockies aren't living up to their end of the bargain. And at the end of last season, we heard Nolan saying, Hey, this looks like a rebuild. Now you and I know that, you know, a rebuild is, is when you tear something down and then rebuild it back up. And there was nothing that was torn away from the Rockies roster. Now, maybe there could have been a couple pieces where the Rockies wouldn't have gotten back a lot in return. I, I don't think they had anybody on the market that was in in the final year or two of their deal ultimately. So, you know, they wouldn't have gotten back um, a big prospect anyway, but they would have saved some money uh, and it would have helped them for the to 2021 season. They didn't do that because they didn't want it to appear to be a rebuild. So I, I don't agree with Nolan in that sense. However, they weren't adding um, to the, to the roster going forward. And at their, at, at their end of the season conference that they had, I think Nolan was probably very frustrated and Jeff, and again, this is all uh, speculation at this point, wink. Um, and, and ultimately Jeff said, well, look, th this is how we're going to do things and here's how we're going to be able 
to do this and, and how we feel we're going to be able to be contenders and didn't really line up with what Nolan and, and a lot of other players have seen when building a successful franchise or at least when adding to improve a team from one year to the next. And when you spend $0 in free agency, it's going to very easily seem like, you know what, you guys aren't living up to your end of the bargain. You are not putting um, much of a contender on the team. Yes, this is a good team. Yes, it's going to improve. But do you not believe in us? Why will you not reinvest? And so I think that's where you, the frustration lies. Do you agree with Eric that if they win, all is forgotten and forgiven in that realm, either by Nolan or the team? And, and is there a threshold? Is Because they're not going to win. Like the Dodgers might win 105 games. So if the Rockies win 94 <laughs> The, just to pick a random, just to pick a number at random for no particular reason. Um, and, and still, that's just good enough for wild card one, and they win that game. Does Nolan turn around and say, never mind? Or, or is the sentiment just left and forgotten? What the results of the 2020 season have should have zero impact on this issue right now. Because again, we are talking about certain promises, certain promises that have been made, not only to Nolan, not only to the other 25 guys that are going to be on this roster uh, this season, but the entire Rockies fan base about putting the best product on the field. And while that product is very good right now, you look around at the other 29 teams, the landscape of all Major League Baseball, and we're including some teams that are in the the bottom. Well, we're not including the Baltimore Orioles, but if we include (laughs) all other teams, they made moves, they made transactions, (laughs) they made trades, they signed free agents. That's more important than winning games? Well, no, that's that's how you win more games. That's how you win more games. But my my question, but that wasn't the question. The question was if they win games. With the team they've got, if they win 90-plus games and therefore are back in the postseason when many of these other teams are not, teams that are making moves. The Seattle Mariners have made more transactions in the last five, six years than almost any team in baseball. They haven't been to the postseason in 18 years. Yeah, I'm not, you know, it's, so I I sort of, the question is if they win 94 games, I mean, if they're a really good baseball team, not just, 86 and they sneak in but 94 would be the most in franchise history that's right despite having not made any moves i got you how can you still turn around and say well we can still be mad that they didn't make enough transactions because if they had they would have won 100 games here's your answer no that happens here's your answer we just got finished with the movie bracket right we just got we talked about all these movies and the baseball bracket and how fantastic it is. At the end of the movie, Major League, did any of the characters go up to the owner and say, Thank you for assembling this team and thank you for <laughs> orchestrating this successful season? No, the players did it themselves. They did not get the help that they wanted from the front office. In fact, the front office was trying to sabotage them. We all, we all know that. But ultimately, the I was going to say, okay. it's a little different in the movie. <laughs> right. We, we did it. We did it. They didn't do it. We did it. So that's why I think the results of the, of the season has zero impact on how Nolan and I think a lot of the players feel about the organization because they, meaning the front office, did not, again, reinvest 
in the 2020 team. Oh, but I'm wow. saying, listen, listen I, I mean, that, the, well, the oldest, I mean, the, the, the cliche in sports, which is true, is that uh, winning is the best deodorant. I mean, give me a break. <laughs> like if, if they, if they get out, they start winning, you know, there, there's no chance that, I mean, Nolan and Jeff will be like, Hey, they'll see each other in the hallway. They'll slap fives. Well, they'll move on, but it just doesn't yes, they feel will. like we're headed towards that. that that, uh, yeah, I mean, if they, success they will have would erase all of this, 100%. They would, there would be forgiveness, but they would not forget. That's that's ultimately the point. Well, they would, yeah. You can forgive, but you can't forget. And I think that's ultimately <laughs> but, Drew's yeah. question. What, uh, what's your I take, Drew? So. What do you think? Are the 2020 Rockies the 1988 uh, Cleveland Indians <laughs> in the film? Well, Major I, League? I, I, yeah. No, I mean, I obviously think it's unlikely they win 90-plus baseball games and so it's probably a question we won't actually have to answer but I think it is an interesting one because I do think that a lot of this actually comes down to just baseball philosophies and that's why it's weird for me to see so many people feeling super absolutist about it because I have long held the belief and professed on this podcast and in other places that the Rockies do need to make fewer transactions than every other team in baseball because of unique challenges that they face. And so, you know, I, I understand why people totally disagree with that, but I do think some people are so attached, especially in the modern game and with all of the 24 seven off season coverage and Twitter and everything else that transactions is how you make your team better. And it's how you show you're trying. And if you're not making transactions, then you're not trying. And, and that is just a dichotomy that I 100% disagree with. Um, at the same time, I'm, 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 actually, I'm just very curious about this question. Is there a threshold upon which the, there, there's a mea culpa and Nolan turns around? And, because remember in 2018, when halfway through the year, he had very famous comments about how he was sick of losing. And everyone totally. took those as a sign that he was on his way out. Then they won totally. 91 games. And after that series in Milwaukee, he said, this was all I wanted. This was all I was talking about. I wanted to be here. You know, I, no one's kind of an up and down guy um, for better or for worse. And so I do think there's a chance if the team gets off to a, a good start or has a good season, uh, he'll do the right thing. Of course, he'll come out and, and try to start the mea culpa before anybody else does. And that's why everyone's going to remain on his side. Um, but I wonder, like, would it, what if they swing a trade? Again, I think a big part of the block for people is it does just keep coming back to, this is Nolan Arenado versus Jeff Breidich. And I have no faith that Jeff Breidich is going to do anything good or make trades or do X, Y, and Z. And I have no faith that the team is going to be good. Therefore, I get why Nolan's mad. I wonder what happens if the team starts to play well and then, you know, really throw a wrench in the whole thing. They make a move. Well, that's they the add a piece. They trade Brendan Rodgers yeah. for a great pitcher. Now, Patrick, does that because people love their transactions? They can say it kind of reminds me of Art Howe and Moneyball. It's like, yeah, you make the moves that you can justify publicly, whether they're the best moves for your team or not. And Jeff Breidich is batting zero percent on moves he can justify publicly, but he's batting like fifty percent on moves that have actually played out on the diamond. Yeah, you, now you've touched on something. Now, again, Nolan and, and the team will not forget that there was no. not the reinvestment. But you're right. The team team plays really well, in, and we're in mid-July, and now it's let's let, now you need to reinvest. Now we've, we've proven it, 
right? We did it ourselves. We're going to take credit for it, right? You made the roster, but we're the ones who are out there on the field and doing it. Now you need to reinvest in us. And you know what? Here you have one more chance. You, you let me down in the offseason. You let all of us down by not improving in the squad and showing belief in us by at least adding one more piece to, to improve the 26-man roster. So now and what I want do you do? And, and if they do that, I think, <laughs> I think that that could be a major, major game changer. But, I, you know, I, I, and I'm not, not, not to, to go back, but I think that's, that feeds into Nolan's frustration is because the franchise typically hasn't made those kind of moves. And you're right, Drew. It, I think it, it's very fair to say that the way they've gone about their business is, you know, it, it's difficult when you are one of the only teams, you know, you're the only team of 30 and MLB that has the major issue of, of playing at Coors Field and playing at altitude. Coors Field, forget about Coors Field. It doesn't matter. You could build a new brand new stadium. It could be in a dome and you're going to have the exact same issues of players, you know, having to spend 50% of their time up at altitude and then going down to sea level. Oh, just the um, physical stuff. Yeah, exactly. And then that's why you, you, you can't tap into the free agent market and you don't know what you're going to get when you're going to make a trade. I get that. Um, but I think this season is so important because it can maybe tell us if the, the front office is going in the right direction and we should, you know, fans should, should, I should say, trust what they're doing and say, you know what, we can't see all the inner workings, what's going on beso- uh, behind the scenes, what's going on with the analytical department. We can't see that, but you know what, fans are going to trust in it and us as the media may have to second guess our, our own instincts and say, well, they've gotten it right three out of four years now, or it's, you know what, they, they had two good seasons. Great. But I think they, they've lost it. Right. They, they, they aren't as smart as maybe they think they are. And that's when all the questions come up. That's when guys are going to be very frustrated and, and may start asking for trades and, and even less free agents and less players are going to look at Colorado as a destination for them to continue their their playing career. Eric, what uh, again, as the fan on our show, <laughs> we got to know what you I think about that. that. Through, through all those groans and moans, uh, I'm, I'm sure you had a couple thoughts that came to you. Man, here. I, just, I just, like, why, why, why does it have to be so hard? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> Colorado baseball, it, it's just so, like, when you think about it, it just feels like you are dealt a hand that you cannot overcome. And I just, I, I hate that feeling. And I didn't feel that way the, the couple seasons leading up to this. It felt like, okay, like now we're finally, like you're saying, Drew, I mean, the front office felt like they were kind of getting some things moving, going in the right direction, maybe some understanding some of the... They figured it out a little bit. And then, yeah. But the, the, the way that the wheels fell off last season was so jarring. Right, it just—it was so jarring that um, the the idea that you could just be like, um, I, I just don't know how you can chalk it up just to just it's it just an anomaly. Last year, there were so many things that went wrong, and they went wrong over and over and over and over in the same way that it, it's not just like, well, m- maybe Freeland just needs to get his delivery tightened up, or you know, Wade Davis maybe had an ad- abdominal strain that we can, you know, he'll, he'll get better and he'll get back to where he was, and then we could just assume that everything is just going to be sewn up nicely. I mean, like you say, Drew, there, there are additions. There's Peter Lambert. There's some pieces that are growing and um, coming up through the system, and then you know we'll be filtering into Coors Field and hopefully sort of coming into their own and maturing. Um, but to, to to make no, not one, 
<laughs> not right. one. Zero the Dodgers. Dodgers went to the World Series by my count every wow. year for the past twenty years, and every they still every year they they completely reload. They like do overhauls every year if they didn't win the World Series, which is they also have a two billion dollar television deal, and now probably uh, right. the most uh, right. the, like the best ownership group in pro sports right now. Uh, <laughs> right. So what is that? after yeah. being so a what nightmare? Is that? But yeah, I mean, right. So, so how do you not feel just like, how do you not just feel like, what are we doing? What are we doing? And if you're Nolan Arenado, you just got married long term to this situation where you're like, wow, okay, so this is how it is. Like, we're just always going to be the little team that couldn't. And um, I'm going to be the, the cornerstone of this and I'm loved and that's fine. But you know, Nolan is much, much better than almost everybody at baseball. And he can be, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's earned sure. the right to be, to be grumpy about like not being surrounded by around by, uh, with players that are up to his level. And um, a lot of this is the problem with the economics of baseball. And this is something else I try to remind Rockies fans is that while this is particularly uh, crappy uh, because uh, he's such a generational talent that w- about half the teams in baseball feel this way. Like we can't keep star players for very long because there's no way to remain consistently competitive unless you're LA, New York, Boston, oh, or Chicago. So and even Chicago is like, and Boston are like shedding salary now. Yeah, no, I uh, wouldn't even add Chicago into that. They've been terrible until just recently. Yeah, I mean, they've spent a lot of money, and over the last several years, they, they've managed to do their thing, and, you know, they got that World Series or whatever. But, yeah, I mean, even there, it's like if you want to play in – I guess St. Louis might be, like, the, you know, a, a solid example of a team that does it without having to be one of those gigantic TV markets. But it's still – however you slice it, it comes down to, I guess, does that mean that if you're an elite talent, you have to play for one of six teams – and this might be part of, as much as I'm not sure how I feel about it still, to open this door up, why Rob Manfred and, and I guess just in general Major League Baseball are considering adding another team to the postseason. And, and while I don't like baseball being more like basketball, where like half the teams make the playoffs, this is part of the reason why. Because if you don't live in one of those markets and you've got a talent like Nolan who legitimately should want to win the World Series, and like he brought up Derek Jeter. It's like if Derek Jeter had played for the Cincinnati Reds, he would have forced a trade off of there. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like totally. or the Pittsburgh Pirates or the Marlins, the Mariners, the Royals, the Orioles. The, it's just it. there's a lot of teams out there. San Diego Padres haven't been to the postseason in 13 years. Tony Gwynn played for that team his whole life. Did Tony Gwynn deserve to, to play for more competitive teams? Did Cal Ripken Jr.? Probably. And in the modern age of baseball, is is that our only answer? That if you're great, you just have to go to New York? Because it's not just the Rockies who are stuck like this. They just also have the Coors thing on top of it. Yeah, but the, the difference is, is that those teams weren't just like, well, you know, what are we going to do? We we got the players here, so you guys just need to do it. Um, it's, I mean, it's not necessarily. Some of them kind of are, man. Yeah, but 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 you don't look at Seattle as like a place where um, I don't know, like where they're expecting a. Ch- what, my 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 larger point is is that 
it just doesn't feel like um, it just doesn't feel like they're just they're they're putting the effort the requisite effort in to get the requisite results out. Like we're just not. It just feels like we were we, we you know like like you're saying two years running we made the postseason and um, for some reason our bats went dormant in both of those instances and that's sort of why we got bounced but last season like the pitching was an absolute disaster and it you know could that be the juiced balls is there something up against the rockies that's making us uh analyze this in an unfair manner potentially but Mm -hmm. i just don't know how you have a season like last season and then you just you you just assume everything's gonna be fine uh we're gonna you know everything's gonna work according to plan we have it on paper um so just hold back trust me i'm smarter than you um it's just a, it's just a, a difficult pill to swallow um and i don't blame nolan for not wanting to swallow it like i certainly don't want to so i just i i, I have a hard time imagining the fans turning on nolan arenado i have a hard unless um you know he actually does get moved and we end up with I was going to say I want to run one last scenario by you and I want to get Patrick in on this first but of course I've got to mention Davidson's Beer Wine and Spirits they've got two locations in Centennial and Highlands Ranch they're locally owned they've got a massive selection they carry our favorite Breckenridge Brews and offer delivery to your door so download their app today for incredible deals and sign up for their loyalty program if you're really lazy get that booze delivered right to your door. Uh, it's really a fantastic service. Anything where I can get stuff and I don't have to leave the house is a pretty solid situation. Um, so uh, I want to run this scenario by you uh, because Eric, you just put it on the table here and Patrick, uh, I want to get your thoughts first. What happens the other way? If and, and Patrick and I, by the way, on a recent podcast discussed through all of this, why we still don't think Nolan Arenado is going to be traded. But let's say something happens. Somebody really does. The Cubs up their offer. They trade Chris Bryant and two prospect pitchers uh, to take on Nolan Arenado. And the Rockies go, we got to do this. They get two good young pitchers who are ready to go. They bring in Chris Bryant. And then that team goes on a run. Do you see a scenario where Nolan Arenado became public enemy amongst Rockies fans for essentially calling out a team that it turns out maybe did have the goods to compete and then forcing his way off of it. I don't know. I, that's an interesting, you know, scenario. I, I think, you know, once he's Plus now he's a cub. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> or no a cardinal, you know, or yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, I think that, I think that's kind of like a middle of the road scenario. There's definitely a, a gray area where I don't, obviously he's not a hero if, if he ends up getting traded. And, and even if, um, you know, the acquisition of, of Brian or, or even somebody else, but the acquisition of Brian and some prospects helps this roster make the playoffs. Obviously, they're not going to say, wow, thank you, Nolan, for, for making that happen, right? Um, but, but I don't think they're going to hate him. I, I think fans will be frustrated, no doubt, that, you know, they don't get to see the, the final half of this Hall of Fame career. But, um, you know, I, I, I think it's it's just one of those unfortunate situations that, you know, kind of came to a head, and if it if it ends well, then I think there's it's no harm, no foul. It's kind of like Troy Tulowitzki. You know, it might not have necessarily ended well for Colorado and the package of players that they've got because none of them really have have come to fruition and um, you know replaced Tulo in, in any capacity, even if we're just talking about star capacity. But 
hey, it's kind of uh, what's done is done, and it didn't necessarily hurt the franchise. So I, I think if a trade like that does come to fruition, it'll just be you know a shame for Rockies fans. They'll they'll shrug. They'll think about maybe what could have been, but overall the the state of the franchise, you know, will be for the better. And I think that's that's really the most important thing. Where fans are rooting for the laundry. You know, yeah, they want their players to win, but ultimately they're they're rooting for the laundry. They're rooting for the the jersey, the cap. That's yeah. what they want to see yeah. be successful more than anything else. And Although that's where. Go ahead. I was going to say, if if no one gets traded, though, it'll be an, another indictment on Brightage. There's no, it wouldn't unless the only way it'll turn, the only way it'll turn around on Nolan is if he fires shots at uh, the organization and the city or something on his way out of town. But yes. in that scenario, he would be seen as a you know sympathetic figure. Like yeah. Nolan was yeah. abused by this franchise and ultimately shipped out. And the idea that I like this is what other what also bothers me is if we traded Nolan for Chris Bryant and two prospects. What we're saying essentially is that we are rebuilding. We're not looking for somebody to help us this year. We're looking mm. for people to help That's us. That's not a rebuild move. Nah, I, I got to disagree with you there. That's prospect, not a rebuild. Prospect, prospects aren't like prospects are like going to help you two years from now, three years from now. Baseball's no, I'm not talking now. about no, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, no, we're talking triple A level, like guys who are ready to go, probably even have some MLB time because you don't make that move. Why can't we ever um, get like a Max Scherzer or somebody, somebody who's like actually doing it, like somebody who's proven? Like it always has, it always has to be a prospect. Somebody well, that, you like don't a, trade <laughs> like Mike Hampton, like a guy who's doing it, like Mike Hampton. Yeah. <laughs> That's just it. Like that happened. Danny one, Nagel. That happened. That happened one, two times, and like the, it, that book is just closed. And so like now, yes. the that only might be a problem. Can, the only way you can ever get good quality players to come to Colorado is that you have to get them in their infancy and groom them. Which I hate. Like I want, I, I want to bring that's in. Just how it is, man. I'm sorry. No, I, I like, think it should be revisited. I think again, that's that's where that reinvestment in the analytics department and trying to figure out how to be successful at Coors Field and at altitude. That's where that department can go and say, here are the guys that can do it, and we're going yeah, man, to like, invest and dip like, our Drew, toe back into the free agency pool. Yeah, Drew, don't you feel like? You know, in the way that you talk about this team is that it they have the goods, they have the players to compete. Like, don't they just need like a stallion to come in and just like really be that last piece? That like, that would be great. It, that would be awesome. <laughs> I don't think it's out there. No I think there's maybe six pitchers in Major League Baseball that I could point out and you named one of them and say, yeah, I really think that guy could come here and dominate and the whole Coors issue won't matter. And he could do it right away. He could step in and be, it's not going to take him a year to figure it out. Like it has a lot of other people. Like who is that guy? Max Scherzer, Jacob DeGrom, uh, maybe Justin Verlander. But the thing is those guys don't get traded very often and they go to teams that have $2 billion TV deals. And can afford to pay a pitcher $40 million a year. The Rockies just can't do that. And the other thing is this, it's the Rockies. If that move doesn't work out for the Rockies, it derails their organization for half a decade, if not more. Whereas if that move doesn't work out for the Dodgers or the Yankees or the Red Sox or the Cubs, they can just eat the money and go pick up somebody else. My thing, my thing is like, so I'm a big basketball guy, as you guys know. And so the way that, uh, 
the Nuggets have been constructed of late is that, you know, they've been slowly amassing players, getting prospects, getting um, people late in the draft, making really deft moves, and then bringing them along and then like really turning them into something. And so the Rockies sort of already did that two years ago. And like the next step if you're talking about the NBA is to then make the big move where you bring in an actual um, free agent that is of note to help you like get across the finish line. And like the Rockies just keep doing this where they think they, they have such a long view of the landscape of baseball that they, they forget that you're actually supposed to try and like win every now and again. Also, like you actually have to take a (laughs) shot every now and again. Also, like it's not always building for next year. Like you can actually just put your chips on the table and go for it. And we have such a talented infield. We like all of our position players are great. Um, it's just always comes down to the pitching and whether or not, you know, our five man staff can all be in lockstep at the same time, which they don't seem to be able to be. And then can, you know, the, like we always go for uh, relief pitchers that were good, like that were pretty good or were good a couple years ago. And we think we can like rehabilitate them or they're just sort of mid-level. I just, you know, I just once in my life, I just really want to see the Rockies like really go for it. Or maybe they did with Mike Hampton. It'll never happen again. I mean, it just, it's, it, it's irritating to me. And so, again, I mean, it's, it's funny, funny you because- mentioned that about the relief pitchers because by the numbers, Brian Shaw had been the most consistent right. reliever in baseball up to the moment they got him. Jake McGee had been one of the best setup men for seven years running when he was in Tampa Bay, right up until the moment the Rockies got him. Wade Davis was an absolutely dominant closer in baseball for a couple of years, including picking up the final. (laughs) Not even he set the Rockies franchise record for saves year one. It's true. It's true. So those are all big name moves. But as you, as I mentioned a moment ago, when those moves blow up and 90% of the time throughout their history, they do at some point, it hurts the Rockies way more than it does other teams. I know. And so, it's, funny. it's funny this conversation about like is no how is Nolan conducting himself? Is he doing it the right way? It like turns into a complete <laughs> like we have to fully <laughs> litigate the entire history of the Rockies. Like what <laughs> I do think that that's what this is about though. I do think it is, this yeah. is about a philosophical issue when it comes to the Colorado Rockies. And that's why I find myself in the middle, because for the most part, I do think that Jeff Breidich has taken the most. He's not been proactive, obviously, in terms of making moves, but he's been singularly focused on solving this problem. And I think he's done a better job at it than anyone who's tried to tackle it before him. GMs and assistant GMs and, and owners and, it's smart, even really smart baseball people like Kelly McGregor. And so it's just that he's really not good about articulating what it is that he's trying to do here. Um, but isn't that part of his job? I mean, isn't that yes. part of what it is yes. to be a GM? Doesn't that 100%. make him ineffective in a lot of ways? So, um, you know, you're talking about he's better than a bunch of guys who also couldn't do it. Like, great. Okay, so like, what, what, let's find someone who can, right? It's a hard <laughs> problem. I don't think... I think people need to be cognizant of how difficult this problem is to solve and how much time has spent on it. And I really, really want to warn people against the notion of giving the Rockies over to somebody who's maybe spent a day and a half of their life thinking about the Coors Field problem versus people who spent 15 to 20 years on it. That's, you know. 
sure, sure. But those people have not, they've, they've not, they've not gotten the answer in that 15 and 20 years. So we'll see. You know, that's that's <laughs> where I think the absolutism on, they, they don't know what they're doing. Let's, let's see some baseball games play out. I do. I, I want to see baseball game be played out as well, but all I have to judge this upcoming season by is that our otherworldly third baseman hates our front office GM enough to call him out publicly through the press. And um, then uh, we made zero moves other than to make sure Tony Walters and T- Trevor story made less money. So congratulations. <laughs> like it's been like, <laughs> and on so that look note, at way that, to bring it back around, Eric. <laughs> Way to bring it back so, around. If you're asking me if I, yeah, if I have, if I have confidence moving forward in what Jeff Bradish is doing currently, I do not. Can I be? Can he show me otherwise? Absolutely. But my only connection to hey. Jeff Bradish thus far is Nolan Arenado, and he is very upset, and I'm very <laughs> upset as a result. Eric, you are good at podcasting. I'll say that. <laughs> Way to bring it back around. <laughs> right gotta gotta have you on more often we, well we have gone for a while but i i don't want to cut off any final thoughts on this we didn't get to the astro stuff at all patrick and i will just have to talk about that um another time but that's smart guy stuff uh, this is this is angry dumb guy podcast that's why you <laughs> Well, now we have a title. We have a title for the episode. Yeah. There you go. Oh, I'm... <laughs> Angry Dumb Guy, Rockies Fan, with Eric Freedom. Yeah. Right. Featuring, right? It, it, is, um, it is a battle of philosophies and approaches, but also of, like, public relations, obviously. And that is oh. where the, this has just become an absolute disaster and i'm very curious to see you know after these comments today it seemed like this was nolan's attempt to be like okay here's what i've got to say let's move on but like totally what are the questions that are being asked what are people that also you know i I think thomas harding and patrick saunders both kind of did the requisite we talked to john gray and trevor story and they all said the only right thing that there is to say everybody here is trying to win um fair enough uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I want to see, uh, and we'll have to keep tabs with you, Eric, as, as kind of a, a pulse of the fan base, but how people start to feel about this once games are being played, whichever way the team goes, is there a way to put this all back together? You've, you've given us which your anger. Course. I've thrown some scenarios to you, but I mean, I mean, in a, in a way that will satisfy your Rockies heart fandom short of them winning the world series this year. Because I don't want uh, this is probably not going to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just I just want them to be competent on the. I want their, like I love the Rockies. Like I I don't know if that's clear. Like I absolutely love the Rockies. I absolutely love going to Coors Field. It's I watch almost every game. My mother watches every single baseball game. She's done it for uh, my entire life since the Rockies have been around. Um, like we're you know like I'm invested and so. You know, when you go to baseball games with people that are casual or just non-fans or from out of state and they come to Coors Field and it's awesome, they love it, the re- the reviews are, are great, um, and they just sort of move on with their lives. But they're not like sitting on their couch on a Tuesday watching the game, just get wondering like, you know, this is – Here comes Jake McGee. Right. Like, are we going, is this going to happen? Like my frustration comes from a place of love, right? Like I love them so much. I want 
them to do well. I want to feel like my time is not being wasted, although I would watch them regardless. And it just, I, I hate feeling less than when it comes to sports because, you know, especially when the we live in a town where the Broncos have been set such a high level of excellence. And you know what that feels like to sort of be able to strut around and pronounce proud that you're a Broncos fan. And then, you know, when it comes to the Nuggets or the Rockies, you just sort of have to apologetically, you know, sort of, <laughs> slide in that you're a fan of that team. And I don't like that. Like Colorado is awesome. Denver is awesome. Um, Coors Field is incredible. Nolan Arenado is amazing. And for us to just sit back and accept mediocrity is just unacceptable to me. And I don't like that idea um, at all. And I don't like the idea that um, things are just going to get better if we, if we think about them the right way and we're positive, like baseball, is a very proactive sport. Baseball is is really uh, controlled by money so much more than the other sports because it is just rampant and there's no regulation and it's so deeply... Uh, it, the, baseball is the most blue-blooded of all the sports where the teams that have just been around the longest mm-hmm. and are in the biggest areas have a chokehold on everything and mm-hmm. you can't get... If you're like a new jack that's trying to get in, um, it's just impenetrable because of the old boys network that exists in the world of baseball. Right. Um, and I just... I, I, I don't like that. So when things come out like this where we have the pieces we, we are trying to figure out we should be taken seriously and then those pieces are fighting and telling me that it's not going to work out like that's when i start to to really get frustrated and so that's where my angry brainstem rants come from and like everybody else <laughs> like i'm not the only one you know that's why this is the no. absolute <laughs> consensus <laughs> is that, right you know Jeff Reddish is not handling this correctly this this man like he needs to come out and explain himself he, he hasn't done that at all. Like he doesn't feel like he owes it to the fans. He doesn't feel like he owes it to Nolan. He doesn't feel like he owes it to the ticket holders. Um, and that just doesn't jive with the city of Denver and the way that the, the, the city itself conducts the way that everything goes, goes down here. So um, that dude needs to step up. That really is just all this comes down to. He could really put out this fire pretty easily if he, if he just conducted himself in the right way. Yeah. I mean, well, I've explained himself more than he's explained himself. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. That's what I mean. And we just, we just heard from Nolan and his comments are like in line, in lockstep with the way that all the fans are feeling. So, okay, Jeff, like your turn, you know, like we're not going to forget this is happening. The elephant is here. So address it. You, you (laughs) SOB. Yeah. Well put. No, I I think you really, you know, summed it up in, in more ways than one. In fact, it's something to, to discuss on another day just about baseball being different than all the other sports, uh, not having a salary cap. They've, they've got a very soft one, uh, and about it being an old boys network, um, old being a keyword and boys also being a keyword too. So, uh, we may have to pick up that conversation another day, but, but, but well put, well put. So much good stuff to talk about. We'll have to have you back on. Well, this is a fun three person pod. We'll have to do this a few more times, uh, as we get closer to the season, maybe there will be some different sentiments among the fan base, or maybe Patrick is going to be out there in San Diego on opening day, ready to witness the beginning of the circus. <laughs> we at least know it won't, it'll be the second 
most circusy team in baseball to watch. You did say something, Eric, earlier about not being able to imagine a franchise having a worse offseason. Uh, but of That's course, <laughs> the second worst offseason. <laughs> but at least they, at least their bad offseason has a World Series trophy attached to it. Like, at least they, they, at least they first no, got to feel good. They got no. to feel good. All right. I want to- <laughs> Get I'll this guy off of my podcast. Cut his mic. <laughs> I can't. I can't do it with the. Uh, at least they won in their cheaters. I cannot. No. I am. I've I never. I just been, want good feelings. Can't I have good feelings as a fan, no. even if later on they're discounted? <laughs> Eric, Can I have that you, one you, shining moment? <laughs> Eric, you've quickly become the CM Punk of our podcast here. With yeah, I'm out. I'm I like out. it. I like it going out. Cut his mic, right? <laughs> Uh, and on that note, make sure you're following at D-Line Co. on the, the Twitter and buying all of the merch at dnvrlocker.com. And because all of those uh, shirts are fantastic and uh, I've got almost all of them. Did we sell out of the new one again already, by the way? I got to no. not quite, not quite. But you can go okay. to my uh, you can go to D-Line Co. and get my famous uh, NLS participants shirt honoring the, uh, the <laughs> accomplishments of the Rockies in the National League West. That is low-key uh, one of the best best shirts you guys have put out, no doubt. It really is. It really is. Uh, of course, you know to follow me at Drew Creaseman and Patrick at Patrick D. Lyons. Of course, uh, everyone listening to this is following uh, DNVR underscore Rockies. Make sure you're subscribing to the podcast across the board. Make sure you subscribe to that rugby podcast. Colton's doing a fantastic job, and I am learning things. Uh, it's going to be fun getting into rugby this year with everybody. Make sure you subscribe to the Denver Sports Podcast Network. That's been a really, really fun show to do. And, of course, to the DNVR.com so you don't miss out on any of our exclusive articles that we've got coming your way for the 2020 season. For Eric Weedham and Patrick Lyons, I've been Drew Creaseman. You've been awesome. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark. There is only one place you can get a true Colorado mountain pie. It's your favorite locally owned, legendary, unbelievably delicious pizza joint, Bojo's. Mention DNVR and get a free honey cheese bread with purchase of an entree. Six Colorado locations all offer this deal for you. All of them have fantastic pizza, salad bars. They're going to have sports on. They've also got DoorDash. So if you can't get to one of those six locations, they will deliver delicious Bojo's to you their dough is made fresh daily and contains locally sourced honey they infuse it with natural sweetener it really is the best dough on the planet and the cool thing about them too is they can work with any kind of dietary restrictions you may have they've got gluten-free cheeseless pizza plant-based options they will make sure that no matter what your situation is you don't miss out on the deliciousness that is bojo's the salad bar is absolutely to die for. Even if pizza isn't your thing, they've got you covered. But if pizza is your thing, you are missing out if you're not spending at least 20% of your time at a Bojo's. Remember to mention DNVR. You'll get free honey cheese bread with purchase of an entree at all locations.